This is the Reclaiming Families podcast. It is our goal to expose the lies that undermine, erode, and destroy the family while discovering and reclaiming God's design for gender, marriage, family, and sexuality. So join us for open conversation about the struggles and joys of reclaiming families. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Reclaiming Families, and we are so glad to have you with us again. So um, the last few weeks, we've been announcing that we have a fun event, The Birds and the Bees, How to Talk to Your Children About Sex and Puberty. That's coming up on November 13th. That's going to be at the Knox County Association of Baptist Building. Um, You can look at our website, reclaimingfamilies.org, for more information about that. You can register there as well. And it is going to be, I think, an enlightening, insightful, and fun event. So we'd love to have you there. As always, we'd love to get your follow on social media, Instagram, and Facebook, and just check out some of the, the blogs and some of the resources that we have out on the website. Um, we think that those are, are good things to think about, and so we'd love if you'd share them. And um, yeah, so thanks for checking that out. But today, um, we wanted to let you know a little bit more about Randy and me and our relationship and some of the lessons that we have learned along the way yeah somebody came up to me or or i was at one of the car lots and somebody was dating somebody and they're kind of you know you know kind of like fishing for dating advice and uh it got me thinking about just dating advice and advice that i would give and and you know i was like hey the reason i would give this advice is because our story and so we thought that uh what we could do is tell our story and Put some key dating nuggets. advice points in there, nuggets in there, that if you're dating or in a relationship or know somebody who is in a relationship, you can share this podcast with them. Yep. And it, they can think about it, yeah. We'll preface it with a couple of things. One is that a lot of people don't like to give dating advice because <clears throat> dating is not in the Bible. Um, and so a lot of what we're saying is definitely from our own personal experience and from those things, we would say, hey, um, there might be some wisdom in some of the things that we've learned, but it's not like that it has to be applied in this way. And I would also say that there's some things where God's Word is clear on. And so the things that God's Word is clear on, then you know we want to be clear on it. We want to date in line with God's Word, but because you know there is no direct dating in the Bible, and that's where there's certain principles that um, can be applied without a direct application, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? I think it does make sense, yeah. Well, it's, uh, and so we're going to try to major on the things that are clear in Scripture. And, uh, but there will be some things in there that are like, you know, we, we think that dating is okay. You know, we're not against dating. Oh, it's not right now in our lives. <laughs> and uh, uh, we might change our mind when Ellie's about 20. No, I don't know, but... Uh, or 13. Yeah. So, but anyways, let's get into our story a little bit. And uh, I think we'll start where uh, I was in a relationship, ended a relationship. It ended very badly. He was engaged. Engaged, broke up, and coming on staff with a college ministry. And I was already on staff 
with that campus ministry at the time. It was me and one other married man on the campus. So, yeah. And so when I got on campus, I met Hillary. Really, I mean, I met her before. We joke about this. I met her before at some. But we became friends. We became friends. Yeah. We built a cardboard boat together. That's right. Went across a creek. And right. became a, friends. A pond. Yeah, we made all the way across the pond. Yeah. And most of the way back. Yeah, and then it sank. But in that time, so that was a year where Randy was one, was the first single guy to come onto this team. And eventually, it was me, two married men, and five single men on this team. And so, you know, I, like all through college, pretty much, I, I didn't date because I didn't really know any guys who I thought were, were worth marrying. Um, there were no men that, and I'm, I say that, like there were no men, there were no men that I was interested in that I can remember that I knew um, who were like-minded with me, that were giving their lives away, who loved Jesus the way that was important to me. And so when I was on staff with Campus Outreach and Randy came on staff, I knew that he had just gotten out of this relationship um, because originally, you know, my boss was telling me to email his, you know, ex-fiance when they were engaged to start making connections with her to make it a warm place for her to come into. So I knew that he was out of this relationship. um, And so I knew he was, in my mind, unavailable at that point. But at the same time, there were you know, other men coming on staff too. And so I would say I admired every single one of those guys. They each, um, I, I, they all were loving the Lord. They were all making decisions that were hard decisions that they like were making themselves uncomfortable to share Jesus with other people. They had all raised their own support to be on staff with this college ministry. And so there were different things that I admired um, character wise in their ministry and their personality and, and all of who they were about each of these men. But overall, I would say I was pretty content in my singleness. I wanted to be married, but I was content. I definitely didn't believe that there was ever the one. So I wasn't like, oh, I just have to find the one. Um, in my mind, I was like, if any of these men propose to me tomorrow, they're all godly, they're all wonderful, and things would go well that's in right, life right. overall. That's right. Yeah, and I was coming in as, uh, I, I really, kind of pretty much a new Christian. You know, I'd been a Christian for, about two years and uh, very formative years. And so, but I didn't really know a lot of women that were pursuing the Lord like Hillary was. And so I really admired her working with her. I knew that myself. It was like, yeah, if you told me that it was God's desire to do um, whatever, right? Storm this hill, yo, I go to war, like what, whatever you told me. And you could prove to me from the Bible, I was going to do it. You know, I was just, and and then when I saw Hillary, like she was another woman that was like that. Like if you could prove to her from scripture that something was God's will or desire for her life, she was going to do it. And uh, and so I really began to compare women to her. She kind of became the model for me of, of what a godly woman looks like and and so she was courageous. You know, she was persevering. We were all doing hard things. 
we were fighting together, going to the campus and sharing our faith. And, and I'd also say it was an intimate setting, like to work in, because our staff meetings, it's like not only are you planning events, but then you're also spending like full days in prayer together once a month. You're, um, you know, talking about heart level things in staff meetings. So it's not just like, our relationship as a staff team, um, I guess I was the only woman, but so me looking at all these men, him looking at me, it was like, it was just, a, it was a very intimate staff. Yeah. We were team. great friends. Yeah. yeah. Or we were definitely becoming great friends. We, yeah. we definitely had our, some differences and, and, you know, pride and we were fighting through them and mad at each other. But, but by and large, as far as our relationship with Hillary, it was getting very, very good and close. And yeah. It was, it was great. Good. And so at some point, I would say I developed a crush on Randy. Um, and from my perspective, it felt like he had a crush on me, too. I guess I was wrong a little bit, which is where some of the hurt probably came in, too. Um, but he was always texting me and my roommate to go do stuff together. Um, and, you know, one thing that I always have told college women especially on these summer leadership programs when there's a hundred people there together is do not call claims on men. And several times I've known people who have married, um, you know, someone else's crush when, you know, a few years ago that they were good friends with. And so I just always held this principle of don't call claims on men. So as far as me having a crush on Randy, there were a few people in my life that knew about that, but you know, they also knew that I kind of had crushes at different times on these other staff guys. And most of the students that we worked with in this ministry, like they, they did not know. And I worked very hard to treat every single one of the guys who I worked with the same. I would try to be consistent in the way that I interacted with them, in the way that um, if I was hanging out one-on-one -on -one with them, like I just tried not to do anything that was different for one person than another and and part of that was that I didn't want to call claims on someone because reality is is that I kind of figured they were all going to be marrying someone else and so and you know seven out of eight of them did marry someone else yeah. so there's but I think that's also it's a very big point because like I think um like this lady that I was speaking to she was talking about how, you know, like when, you know, you're on dating sites or you're dating somebody or, you know, there is this like, this is my man. You know, this is the guy that I'm dating. You know, there is this claim on the person. They're not married yet, but it's kind of like a, you know, dating in today's world is like this kind of, it's, it's like a claim, right? It's like, this is the person that I like. But your ability to kind of step back and say, no, I, I like him, but I'm, but we're not married. He's not mine. Like that takes a lot of, you know, I think it takes a lot of strength. It takes self-control because self -control. you want to tell everybody from a woman's perspective, you want to tell everybody every interaction that you've ever had. I remember one time and it made me so mad afterwards, but Randy was like coming, teaching me how to rinse out paint brushes. Like I didn't know how, um, and like put his arms around me to like help me rinse out these paint brushes. And it's like, I wanted to go and tell all my friends, like you, he's put arms around me. Um, but you know, I tried to have some self-control in that and, and it, like not just in telling other people, but also in my own heart, like 
what it looks like to, I know that when it comes to dating advice, like there's always the guard your heart for it's a wellspring of life. And sometimes that can have like this cheesy spin on it, but really and truly it's so important to guard your heart. And I remember giving a talk in campus ministry and, um, that verse was translated over into like one of those not true Bible, Bible editions. I don't remember which one it was, but it said, um, control your thoughts. If not, your thoughts will control you. And so I remember like, man, that is good. Like, I don't know that that's how that verse needs to translate over, but that's just good. Like I have to control my thoughts here. Like because we are working on this staff team and there's all these other people that have crushes on all these guys that I work with too. And they're probably going to marry one of them. And so I just need to control my thoughts and to guard my heart. And it came to a point where I was really thankful that I had not called any claims on Randy because one day my roommate came home and told me that she was officially dating him. And it, it blindsided me. Um, but at that point I was like, okay, I need to trust the Lord with this and I'm probably going to be a bridesmaid in Randy's wedding. So that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's just, that's some of that's, you know, some of that stuff is what I admire about Hillary is that she, you know, it was exercise a lot of self-control and really knew the right thing. Even though the right thing was hard to do, she was doing it and uh, very impressive. And, and I admired her, but I knew that, I worked with her, and it did definitely complicate things. I knew that I could not mess up this relationship. Yeah, I probably I was just clueless in the fact that that uh, dating other people does mess up that relationship to a degree. And uh, now our friendship is our friendship, but it it it, w- it would change dating somebody else, and so. And I th- I, I mean I don't know. You could maybe speak like. But I, again, tried to be super consistent in how I interacted with Randy and all these other guys, even when he was dating her. Yeah, and I think I think you did a really good job of it because I can't think of anything that's like, Hillary likes me and uh, and not uh, yeah, any of the other guys. And so, because I really did have this view of Hillary is my friend. She is my... Maybe if I would have told him, like, let him know I liked him, maybe this would have not been the most dramatic story that it is, but... (laughs) That's right. And so... At that point, I had no idea, and people were telling me he wasn't ready to date anybody, so... I did date Hillary's roommate, and a little while later... Broke up with her. I broke up with her. And so that was where my advice of not calling claims on people kind of backfired, because it, like, it blindsided me that he was dating her it blindsided her when I was interested in Randy. Um, so it had been just a couple weeks and Randy kind of started to pursue me and I was like, um, no, that's not going to work out. But I liked him a whole lot. And so I did not, this is where I feel like I did not guard my heart. I did not guard my thoughts. And even though I knew like, okay, this is his patterns that I'm seeing right now. And I don't admire these patterns with women. The emotions, the feeling like, oh, I like the feeling of being pursued. I like sitting in, you know, out and having dinner and, and having these deep conversations with a man. Like, I like the way it makes me feel. So I'm going to keep saying yes, even though I think I'm kind of starting to touch fire. 
Yeah, I think at this point, it really is like I'm a dangerous guy. I'm a dangerous guy. So, like, I am a, Hillary and I talked about earlier, like, here I am, a kind of a young Christian, new Christian. You aren't that young of a Christian at this point. Yeah, and so I've been, I've been a believer for two years or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, like, it might look from the outside that, oh, yeah, this is a really great guy, really great guy. But at the same time, I'm really just running after my passions and my desires of my flesh to a degree that's just destructive. And, uh, and so you can kind of see that I could, you know, looking back now, hindsight's twenty twenty, you can kind of see it in my relationships. It's the one area where it really does show, uh, very clearly that my, my lust, my flesh, and when I seek comfort or the approval of women, it is, um, and that's what I think. Not you know, not entirely. Like my heart, our hearts are complicated, but largely that's what I'm seeking in relationships at this point, and it's led to destruction. Yeah, so, very dangerous. And it's honestly hard for me to pinpoint where I was at in that time because while I knew that it might not be the best thing, I was also being very honest with women in my life who I looked up to who were kind of leading me and I remember telling someone um right now I think I'm trusting the Lord more to step towards Randy than I am by like I'm trusting the Lord more to go towards Randy than I am to just stay on staff living this single life where I'm kind of praised in some ways for the job I'm doing and so while it was what I wanted it also kind of felt like an adventure with the Lord to go towards him. He was using language that felt like he was um, serious about me at the time, just like uh, about getting to know me more and, and things like that. So I like went towards him. I'd say we dated for about three to five-ish months. Um, he didn't call it dating, but towards the end of it, we were hanging out every single day. I moved to Knoxville and he went off staff with Campus Outreach at that time and moved to Knoxville as well. And we were together. <clears throat> he still lived with those other staff guys when we all moved to Knoxville. And so we were either hanging out one-on-one -on -one or in groups. Yeah. And this is where one lesson, call something what it is. Like do not go around and pretend to date and then just say that you're someone's friend. Like, that's confusing, and it's harmful, and I think that if you're the woman in that case, then you need to be asking some questions and not let yourself be used to just, like, be a playmate or whatever, or, mm, that's not a good word, but a, like, just to be used by somebody, and then if you're the man, you need to man up and call something what it is as well. Yeah, it's, uh... I mean, just spending time alone together on a date is dating. Yeah, you know, like you're dating. And and I think from my perspective, I had I was very clueless in regards to what that communicates to Hillary. And but, if that was clueless, he had to be real clueless. I don't like it's hard for me to truly believe him, even now being married, that he was clueless. Yeah, that's I was gonna I was gonna, you know, add to it a little bit. So it wasn't completely clueless. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> To the degree that it was 
it was stirring Hillary's affections and like I did not know to the degree, but I knew too that I liked Hillary and I wanted her to like me. It wasn't that um always I, I admired Hillary and I wanted her to like me. I didn't want her to like anybody else. And so but I was clueless in the degree to the extent of it. And uh if that makes sense. It doesn't make sense. And I mean, we do not have time to go into all the conversations and stuff that we have, but just for all the listeners out there, trust me when I say it does not make sense. That's right. And so, and I knew, like I knew, like I I knew it affected Hillary greatly, but it was more than I even thought. But we can uh, fast forward a little bit because I was spending the summer in New Zealand with one of our um, other coworkers and some students. And it's funny, because who knows what this communicates, but Randy drove me and our other co-worker. Um, to Atlanta. Yeah, to uh, Atlanta, three and a half hours away. So, you know, even that communicates something. Put her on a plane. Yeah, put me on a plane, tell me bye. What my mama taking me, it was Randy. And then, you know, he said, we'll talk often, we'll be in communication, have a good trip. That's right. But then. But then. Yeah. And so there was a girl that I dated before. I was engaged to before. And she came back from Colorado. And uh, she began to text me. And, uh, you know, and largely I felt like a failure from that past relationship. And this is something I was learning about myself. And, and one of the key lessons is date a guy who knows himself and knows his, his shortcomings and his pitfalls. And, uh, because I love success, I love to, um, succeed in my endeavors. And I knew that I had failed. I hate failure. I fear it so much. And I knew that I had failed and I thought, Hey, this is the opportunity to right my wrongs. And, uh, and I, I like this girl, but, um, it was very, uh, I was so clouded by, my own failures to a large degree. And so I began to talk to her and, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm met in this, I'm, I'm at this crossroads. Do I continue to pursue and go after Hillary or do I stop that? And do I pursue uh, this girl that I had been engaged with before and the relationship ended, um, in a disaster, and and do I try to fix that? And it had been a few years, a year and a half, two years. Right, it had been a little while, but uh, but still, yeah. And I thought, oh man, I've grown a whole lot, but in reality, I was pretty much kind of in the same boat. And so I got some advice from a friend, and he said, "Randy, you just need to not date anybody." And uh, and so and I was like, not date anybody. He's like, yeah, probably not for like a year. And I was like, no way. Like Hillary will be married by then or, or this girl will be married by then. And uh, I was just kind of like, no way. And here's the thing. Here's the lesson. As I was not able to trust God with the results of my relationships, I felt like I had to do some moral calculus and I had to make relationships work. And a guy like that is a dangerous guy. Hmm. If you cannot trust God with the outcome, if you can't just come in and love and serve and say, God, yeah, I can't make this person love me, 
but I trust you with the outcome, whether this person likes me or not. I'm here to love, to serve, to give, and uh, and to be a man. And so, but I was not able to do that. I was like, I've got to pursue this person. I've got to make them like me. I got to keep them liking me. And I did that. But what was different was that now I compared this person to Hillary. I compared this person to life. Yeah. And so meanwhile, while he's thinking through all of that and deciding to go with this other girl, I'm in New Zealand and he FaceTimed me, ended things, um, which side note shows that we were dating. If you have to like break up with someone, then you're definitely dating. That's exactly right. And so, but I remember feeling so comforted by the Lord. I was hurt. Like I was very, very hurt. Um, but at the same time, I remember like truly believing that God was protecting me because like I had said, I knew that this was a possibility, but I really did believe that it took for me more faith to kind of take steps towards Randy than it did just to say this is scary and not. And I remember also telling someone like kind of in the beginning of it was like, I know that whether this happens or not, that God is good and that he will protect me. And so it was honestly encouraging to me to see that my reaction was God is protecting me. And that God is good. And so I think that the lesson I learned from that is that it is so important to be with the Lord in the day-to-day life so that when, you know, something happens to when your your faith is kind of tested, then you know what you believe. And, you know, this this is one time in my life and there's been other times too when like bigger things have happened and it's almost been surprising and encouraging that I believe what I say that I believe. Like, I believe that God is good. I believe that God is protecting me. I believe that he does not withhold good from me. And so when I was in New Zealand and um, Randy was here, I didn't know that he had like full on started dating her because the last I heard he was going to take that man's advice and be single. Um, But he had started dating her and it was just, it was so good for me to be intimate with the Lord and strive to trust those things um, that I had always been telling other girls in ministry to believe. And it was time for me myself to believe it. Yeah. And that leads to another great point is like, don't date a guy who won't take the counsel of other wise men, you know, like, and who is kind of out of community and not willing to submit to the counsel of others. And just thankfully in my, on my part, the, the man that he didn't take counsel from at that point, um, his wife is probably like one of my most influential mentors and friends in my life. And so I was kind of getting both sides of what was going on. Yeah, that's right. And so, um, that relationship, it ended in another disaster and, uh, for many reasons, but, you know, largely because of, you know, my character and, uh, and some of it was what I was after and what I wanted. And so what was funny about it was I remember thinking like, you know what, this person needs counseling. And, uh, but what happened was I ended up going to counseling and, uh, and that was actually very, very, very good for me. I began to understand that I have a great fear of man. And so what that means is 
I'm just scared to let people down. I'm scared to be the bad guy. I really value what people think of me. And so I'll do this moral calculus all day long to get the approval of other people. And, uh, and it controls me. It's like a handle on my back where people can control me uh, because I'm trying to submit to them always and do what they want. And so in relationships, I'm trying to keep the relationship afloat, keep my uh, whoever I'm in a relationship with happy. And, uh, and I'm not able to stand up straight on my own two feet and lead the relationship in the way that God has intended for it to go. And so I began to learn about myself and, and it allowed me to realize kind of where I'm failing in so many ways with these relationships. And it really revolves, for me, it's different for everybody, but for me around the fear of man and seeking the approval of other people and not seeking God's approval in the relationships. And so for me in that time, I was kind of like, Randy's not on staff of the ministry that we're working with anymore. He goes to the same church. He lives with some of my friends. But at this point, I'm like, there's really no reason for me to have any kind of relationship with with him. Um, It's not beneficial. When he ended things with her, there was probably three or four times when he would start to, again, make steps towards me. And at this point, like, I did not trust him. He was not trustworthy. And so I tried to keep a distance. And I remember going to Colorado and hanging out with some friends. And we had not seen each other in like a year and a half. And so we were just catching up and, you know, just hearing what the Lord had been doing. And I remember telling them the story and them being like, Hillary, that is such a beautiful and encouraging story of trusting the Lord. And, you know, it's funny because like as we're telling it, it's like you guys know that's not the end. But at that point, I really did believe that was the end. And I remember my friend saying, and you know what's the sweet part of that is that you're here and you're intimate with the Lord. And you're like, you know, this is a sweet testimony of God's grace to you. And in the end, you didn't get the guy. And it's still a sweet, sweet story. And I remember being like, yeah, that is true. And I've learned so much. And so in that time, occasionally Randy would come back towards me, but I was just like, no. And in the moments where I feel like I was not like emotionally sober minded, I would look to, um, my friend Sherry, who, you know, I just mentioned and, um, I did what she said because I believe that she loves Jesus and she loves me and she can see this situation from um, a point where she's not as emotionally involved for the most part as I am. And so in, in her husband kind of would check in with Randy every now and then. And so I just knew that I just needed to trust her and trust her advice and trust the advice of some of some other wise men and women And, um, I pretty much did what they told me to do because I knew that I could not trust myself in this situation. And so I stayed away. Yeah. And to the degree where like, I I would text you and then she would respond. Yeah. (laughs) He didn't know that, but she would say, you know, basically like, Hey, listen, you know, no need to clarify anything from the past. You know, have a good Christmas. Have a good Christmas. Yeah, that's right. And so kind of stay away. And, and so, yeah, I did. I liked Hillary, but I knew that. Um, I had really messed up our relationship and, uh, I admired her, 
but I knew that there was a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, and there was really nothing I could do to, you know, really fix it. You know, it's kind of allow time to go by and, and, uh, but yeah, there wasn't like, I couldn't say anything or do anything in a moment. Um, and so I liked her and I would pursue her, but then she'd also, like I said, her friend would say, nope. And, uh, and she was even, you know, bold and courageous. And she told me one time, she's like, Hey Randy, I just would ask that, uh, we were in person and we we're helping, you know, serve some, some students, some food. And this was a huge Lordship decision yeah. for me because I remember him coming and he had been texting me. And I think I had to text him for something first that was work-related. Um, and then conversations started sparking up, and I enjoyed it. Like, again, I liked the attention. And I remember him showing up that day and me immediately, like, going towards him. And it was like I lost that sober-mindedness. And I told a friend, and I remember I was like, will you pray with me? And she and I prayed together. And I went and was like, Randy, can we talk? <laughs> and I told him, stay away. Yeah. And then it's like, hey, if, uh, yeah, you're like, I remember the conversation. It's like, hey, it seems like you're wanting to pursue me. And I'd ask you that you don't. And if in the event that you ever do. I said, again, if in the event you want to marry me. Yeah. Then I, I expect you to. Be single for a year. I don't remember that. But I did. Like, I said be single for a year, which you didn't do, but it's okay. And, and, uh, and then it's also get the approval of, there was three men in, in Hillary's life that were kind of like father figures to her. And they're like, hey, I want you to get the approval of these three men. If these three men think it's a good thing, then maybe I'll consider it. But these three men are going to be hard to convince. And, uh, and so that's where we are until you've talked to those three men, convinced those three men, stay away from me. And I remember just thinking like, wow. And and I would say at the time I thought I was in the very beginning, like had been on maybe one or two dates with another guy. And I believed that he was just trying to get me, confuse me, didn't really want me, but didn't want me dating someone else. Which he would say at that point was probably something he would do. But he did not. He was not doing that. He didn't know I was starting to date someone else. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I had no clue. And uh, and so, yeah. And so, But you began to date somebody else. I did. And, you know, nobody had to tell me. Like, there's no reason. Like, hey, listen, I need to tell you that, that Hillary's dating somebody. It's because, like, it's none of my business. She's not my she's not my wife. And, uh, you know, it, does not, it's, it doesn't matter to me. Even though I did like her. And I had no I, like, on her. I was I was done. Like I had no like there was no thought of Randy Little in my mind. Yeah. And so she began to date other people and uh And so did you. And so did I. You dated another person. And so and yeah, time went by and then I did meet another great girl at a friend's wedding. And, so at this uh, point we're both dating well, I don't really know her, but we're both I think dating like solid believers. Yep. Love the Lord, doing ministry. Yep. Yeah, I would say this girl was a, a great girl, but she wasn't Hillary. And I remember, too, I remember some some conversations about how until somebody's married, like, they're just, they're basically single. There, there is no, um, in the Bible, there's, a, there's no place for really, like, dating. It's either, like, you, you're single or you're married. That's how it, you know, relationships are. And uh, so it's like if a person is not married, then 
to, in my mind, it's like there is a chance. There's a chance. And I think this is where it started to get really good. And um, for our relationship was that I was like, you know, God, you know, this this girl that I'm dating is, uh, she's a great woman, but she's not really the girl that I'm after. And I know it's it's going to hurt this, this girl, but I know too that Staying here, one foot in, one foot out, looking over there at Hillary is also going to be just as destructive. And so that's the, and I think that's one thing I've learned too, is that relationships are very vulnerable. Like, like you are going to hurt people in dating and relationships. And that's the thing, like, it's so important to enter them with the idea of I'm going to marry this person. You either have to keep it super casual to That's where right. you know it's casual or you have to be serious about it. There's not really this in between, That's even right. though people would like to say that there is, I just feel like our hearts don't allow for that. That's right. That's right. And, and so, and this girl was long distance. So it's very evident. Like I'm dating her, I'm driving down to see her. And that's uh, the same with the guy too. And so it, it's, it's, you know, it's, Definitely not as good. It'd be so much better to know somebody locally as friends and and get to know them. And so anyways, but that's not always possible. That's right. And so this relationship ends very badly. And uh, but I was also able to say, God, Hillary's not married, and I'm going to trust you that you are good and you have a design, you have a plan for my life, for Hillary's life. And when she gets married. You know, I'll continue on and I'll go date some other people, but she is the woman that I want to marry and I'm willing to just be single and wait for the day that she does get married. And if she doesn't get married, I want to pursue her and I want to marry her. And so that's the, uh, the decision in my mind. And that's where I, where I say I think it's getting good is because at this point, I'm not allowing people to control me. And I'm trying to pursue uh, what I believe is the woman that God has for me to marry. And I'm saying, God, I don't know this is the woman you have for me to marry. Uh, but she is a great godly woman and I want to marry her. And you know what? God, I'm willing to allow uh, the cars to land where they land. And I cannot make Hillary love me. Uh, I can't even really make her like me at this point. But I'm going to trust you. With it, and I think that is one mark of a man that is able to trust God with the results. Yeah, and so, like Randy said, the story starts to to make a shift here in a second. But I think we're gonna push pause for this episode, um, and you can come back next week and hear a little bit more about how the story unfolds. But if we were gonna review. In this part um, of our story, kind of what it is that we think is important to remember from our own experience. Obviously, there's a lot that could be said about dating, a lot that could be said about purity. Um, but if we were to say, hey, here's just a few things, then from my perspective, I think that it would be um, one, don't call claims on someone that you're not married to. Um, especially if you're not dating them, like if you have a crush on someone, every single person that you're friends with doesn't have to know about it. Um, I would also say to pursue the Lord 
every single day, be intimate with him so that you can actually follow his leading um, and not just be swept up by emotion. You're not, I mean, you can be hurt and sad, but you're not like devastated at a loss um, if something doesn't go the way that you like you're not finding your satisfaction in someone else because your satisfaction is found in Jesus. I guess that would be my number two thing. And then I think number three would be get a band of brothers or sisters around you and, and be in community. Have a few people that you can be 100% vulnerable with, that you trust, love Jesus, and love you. And um, I would say, for the most part, do what they say. So that's probably my three pieces that I learned in our when I look back on that period of our relationship. Yeah. And I would, uh, I would definitely echo the one about being in community and having people that know you know the person you're dating and be able to walk through it together. And, and one kind of give the approval, like, yeah, I think this is a good relationship. I think it's right. Uh, and, uh, and kind of get a, um, get counsel on it. So often I see people just go their own way. They're going to do what they want, their own thing. And, you know, it ends very, very poorly, very, very badly because um, you're following the, the passions of your own heart and you're being led astray by your own wicked and deceitful heart often. And so that goes to the second point is I would say date a man who knows his idols. And a woman for that matter. And a woman. Yeah, that's right. And so when you realize that, hey, this person has a, a great fear of man and, 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 and like if if this man knows that he has the, a fear of man, then he kind of puts things in place to make sure that he is fearing God more than fearing people. And when he is fearing people more than God, that he has other people that can see it. And, and he kind of has some flags go up where he can see it. And so people that know themselves, they know their own pitfalls, they know their own idols. Um, and then I guess I would say, I think there was another one. Um, You know, one quick thing too is as far as dating and community, I know that especially if you're older and you haven't had the opportunity to work with someone in an intimate setting for two years, it can kind of feel like, well, crap, I don't have any of the, the same friends or I don't, you know, we're never around each other, but I think it's still super important to date and community. Um, and I would just this isn't for mine and Randy's relationship, but something I'm thankful for in that other relationship, it was long distance, but we were always making efforts. Like when I would go there, he would arrange a hangout with a lot of people who knew him so I could get to know him around his friends. And when we were here, we would do the same thing. And so, um, I guess yeah. I would just say that to say, don't use being older or being long distance as a cop out to not date in community. It's still very doable. I've experienced it. And, um, and it's still super beneficial and I would even go as far as to say necessary. Yeah, absolutely. I think we'll end it right there. We'll leave it there. All right. So catch us next time and we will, um, tell you how it ends. It, it's not ended yet. We'll tell you how it goes. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Reclaiming Families. Check us out at reclaimingfamilies.org where you can find our latest podcasts, blogs, news, and events. We look forward to seeing you all next time.